Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. Cupcakes, don't lose the game, please. Cupcakes, they should be free wins. Cupcakes, 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 <laughs> cupcakes. Dude, everybody loves cupcakes. Yeah. Who doesn't love cupcakes? I mean, probably the cupcakes themselves. Well, I guess that's true, but like everybody else. Yeah. Did, you ever watch, uh, did you ever watch Cupcake Wars on the Food Network? No. No? Oh, no. Sarah, used, Sarah used to love watching that show. And then my youngest, Atticus, he loved watching that show with her. He's, actually, his favorite was Cake Boss. You ever watch Cake Boss? Um, Dude no. from New Jersey who makes all the cakes. Like, what are you doing, Craig? If you're not, not watching, watching this... Food Network at all. Psh, or man. whatever those shows are on. Yeah. No, Cupcake Wars was so funny because, like, um, you start to realize, well, they had this, they had one, so they had the, you know, the judging is what really makes these shows, right? Like, cause you know, the people who make the food kind of come and go, but the judges have to like, you know, they, they sort of carry the weight, right. By being, you know I mean? Like American Idol was like that, right? I mean, it's like American Idol was never the same when Simon left because, you know, they needed somebody to be an asshole. And when the asshole left, like nobody could really take that spot. So on Cupcake Wars, they had, uh, you know, the, the bright and perky cupcake person. And she's always just like, I love this. And this is so great. And I mean, she could be critical too, but she like her job was to be sort of bubbly. And then they had this like irascible French dude who was just like never pleased. And he's just like, the flavors, they are not, uh, they are not how you say, like, uh, you know, it's just like, it, it, anyway, it was just, it was kind of funny because they would, they would have this French dude who literally never smiled. And, and these people are always trying to please the, the French dude who never smiles. So anyway, there you go. More than you want to know about Cupcake Wars because you sang a song about cupcakes. Well, yeah. My, uh, By the way, song... did you sing a song about cupcakes? I don't know. I wasn't really listening. Yeah. I know. Um, I uh, that was a song from uh, apparently My Little Pony, which was Ooh. my when I looked up cu- cupcake song. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, you you threw me off with your very long <laughs> rambling. So I'll say since we're doing TV shows, what are you so, talking about? I'm rambling. I don't ramble. What, what do you mean? Uh, just talking about with your theories on. On uh, t- judging TV shows, I guess. Yeah. Uh, judge panels. Because um, I never watched American Idol either, so I don't really care well, about Well, I that. didn't really either, but like everybody knew about like, okay, so you had, I mean, back in the day, you know, you had Paula Abdul and her job was to be like, oh, sweetie, you're so great. And then you had, uh, oh, who's the other guy? I'm trying to remember the other guy's name. Jackson? Was that his last name? I don't know. Anyway, and his job was to be like, yo, dog, you're so great. I like it's great. And then Simon's job was to be like the British dude going, you suck. But in a yep. British accent. So. Well, my, I had something to reference from a TV show involving cupcakes. And okay. It, I had to, it had to come back to me. Uh, after you threw me off here. Um, <laughs> but one of my favorite lines from one of the later seasons of The Office is uh, they're going to have a party and they some someone uh, suggests that they should get those mini cupcakes. 
And then Kevin, the accountant, goes, he, he says, mini cupcakes, which are, which are a mini, miniature version of cupcakes, which are already, which is already a miniature version of cake. Where will it end with you people? <laughs> <laughs> and so I cannot look at mini cupcakes or cupcakes <laughs> the same way after hearing that. That is true. Where, where I feel like it kind of has to end with mini cupcakes. I don't know if there's like I'm not sure, like thimble sized cupcake. I don't. I mean, you know, like they have those little like Reese's bites, those tiny little like they have the little tiniest bites now. We need like cupcake bites, just and use those little bites like for baking or whatever. Yeah, or just maybe that's eat handfuls of whatever. Put a cupcake bite on top of a mini cupcake, on top of a cupcake, on top of a cake. All right. Blew your mind. Hello and welcome to Cupcake Cast. <laughs> Cupcake Talk. With, uh, it's a new spinoff from Podcast versus well, Everyone. After after the Saturday Cast went, you know, full uh, Apple Cast on the Cosmic Crisps. Uh, you know, we had to kind of answer back with Cupcake Talk. With cupcake Talk. This is Cupcake um, Talk with Jeff and Craig. Yeah. So this is. Not Podcast versus not. everyone, which is already a spin-off from Kook Center. <laughs> and we're just gonna spin it off again, much like a mini cupcake. Sure. I'm Craig Powers. With me is Jeff Neuser, who knows Hello. everything about American Idol and every cake related <laughs> show no. on television. No, that is not so true. So you are in the right place if you're here to <laughs> yeah. if yeah, you're here to, to hear about cupcake and cake related shows. Yeah. Or the kooks. Uh, I guess we could talk about the kooks too. Yeah, we could. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a. I mean, it's kind of a downtime, right? I mean, there's not a lot going on. Basketball's playing games that only kind of sort of cupcakes. Matter. Cupcakes, especially this week. Oh my goodness! Mm. This week and next week. This cupcake is one of the City. most cupcake heavy stretches. I've yeah, this is a stretch that would make Ernie Kent proud. I know. He'd well, be, he 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 probably scheduled it. Yeah. <laughs> he did <laughs> so so yeah yeah he did uh yeah so like uh, the cupcake reference i mean the, you, you were playing three uh three teams that are sub what sub 340 in ken palm right uh, florida and m ticked up to oh, 339 339 that's out of 353 teams yeah so we're talking the you know the bottom 15 or so teams in all of division and we're, one and we're, we're we're checking off 20 percent of that like yeah. 20% of the bottom 15. Yeah. In yeah. in a 10-day span. Yeah, and we we are not by any stretch a good team. You know, we're ranked 135, which is better than what we've been. Yeah, that's good which is like 80 spots higher than where or six, 70 72 spots higher yeah. than we finished last year. Than where so we finished. Quite a quite a jump, but but even even with that, we're looking at 95%, 97% and 95% win probability uh in those three games but uh they did pick up a nice win over uc riverside on yeah who is uh you know not terrible it definitely a game they very well could have lost last season sure um because they would have been basically an equal opponent last season well Um, and we did lose to nebraska omaha and uc riverside's not that much worse than Nebraska Omaha. So. Well, yeah. So even earlier this season, they could have. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was. Uh, it was really, an, you know, back to back and really encouraging efforts, uh, particularly defensively, 
Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, we, we've both been skeptical of the turnovers, but yeah. it seems like this is actually a thing that they're trying to do. Like, because when you're forcing teams into 20 plus turnovers three times, like in a, in a seat, in a four in a, times, four times in a season already, um, regardless of who you're playing, that's impressive. And, and the, when yep. you take the fact that you meant you referenced Ernie Kent's, um, you know, that rarely happened in Ernie Kent. So it, that's, and, and playing at higher, playing more possessions per game with Ernie Kent. Well, sometimes depends on the year. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very encouraging performance. Um, and then uh, what was also good is that the offense did enough to actually kind of um, like handle just similar as in New Mexico state, which we've already talked about. Um, but this game is very similar in that they just found a way to get some offense going in the second half. Um, obviously, CJ Ellaby showed up, but you know you had Jeff Pollard getting to the free throw line, even uh, Bonton giving something, which he has so rarely done. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was, it, it was, it was, it was an encouraging game again. Like it's, it, it's, it was. There was some signs that they are improving and they're you know, figuring shit out. Well, what's crazy about the defense being led by turnovers. And I, and I think, you know, you, you sort of reference the fact that, you know, there's only so much you can do to force turnovers, right? Like, right. I mean, in football, it's, it's a similar kind of deal. If you possess the ball, you control whether you turn it over. And so, you know, no matter how much pressure you put on the other team, no matter how much you do to try and, you know, encourage turnovers, it's really still up to the other team whether they turn it over to, you know, come out with the philosophy that they have to, you know, put maximum pressure um, on the ball, to play passing lanes as much as possible, you know, to do those things and to do it um, – you know, so effectively, so quickly, and and to still be effective with it when the other team knows you're going to do it, it's it's really remarkable. And there's there's nothing in Kyle Smith's history that suggested that this was the direction they were going to go, which I think is is, is sort of I, I think the more amazing thing about it because he showed up and said we got to get the defense better, and we all went yes, <laughs> you know, so good. You go do your Kyle Smith thing, and and. and you know, we were used to watching, I mean, we were maybe thinking back to the Dick Bennett, Tony Bennett stuff where, okay, Dick Bennett rolls in and it's, uh, you know, it's pack line time and, and, and we're just like, damn it, we are going to run the best, you know, damn pack line that ever was ran. And, you know, and that's, that's how we win. And that's what we do. Um, you know, Kyle Smith appears to have showed up and went, okay, who do I got? And how can I be effective with this team and typically his teams have been very good on two point percentage defense. That, that's sort of been the thing. They chase people off the three point line. They defend the, the um, defend the paint really well. This team just doesn't have the personnel to do that. And he knew that from the very beginning. And so rather than, you know, try to fit a square peg into a round hole as it were, he said, okay, well, I've got some guards on the perimeter that are, that are really quick and they're not super short. So they've got, you know, reasonable length arms. And so you've got Jalen shed, who's really disruptive on the perimeter. He hasn't been much of an offensive threat yet, but he gets his hands on a lot of balls. Yeah. You know, Isaac Bonton again, for all of the, you know, the offensive issues, 
Um, again, really disruptive defender, quick, quick hands, plays the passing lane. CJ Ellaby is very, very good at anticipating passes. Really very smart. long arms, too. Really long arms, smart. really smart player, just sort of sees the floor. So, you know, you take these guys and, and, and you say, okay, you know, hey, you know, play the passing lanes, get in there, you know, force people into, in, into passes maybe they don't want to make. Yeah, I mean it's it's really remarkable that that not only did they go in a different direction than what Smith has gone with his teams in the past, but that they're pulling it off. And you know, I'm still curious to see how effective that is in Pac-12 play when you know right. in theory you've got you're playing teams that um, you know are better at taking care of the ball and you know better athletes, things like that. But um, for now, you know, and, and I think it's I think it's pretty clear that with this personnel, this is this was the way to go and. And it's working. It's kind of cool to watch. Yeah, and you, and you got if you look at guys that were here last year, Ellaby's uh, uh, almost doubled his steal percentage. So um, relative, to basically yep. the percentage of uh, possessions by the defense when he's on the floor, he gets a steal. Um, yeah. um, and then uh, Gervais Robinson has had a huge uptick in steal percentage. Yep. Um, it's just they 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 seem to try to get deflections. Uh, I. I can't. I, I can't remember if it was a Cal. I don't think it was some Cal Smith about. And I know. Um, I know deflections are a thing that a lot of good defensive coaches track, and and, yep. uh, and I know like Tony Bennett tracks it and and stuff like that. So, it, like, because getting your hands on just even deflecting a ball disrupts an offense, even if you don't get the steal, um, especially in a five second less sh- shot clock. It's now down to 30 and then and then now you only have a 20 second shot shot clock off of an offensive rebound like if you can get your hand on a ball like you you're setting them off five seconds back and they have to reset their set and um you're just making it harder for them and then a lot of times you know and then with and obviously you know getting the quick offense is huge and um that was big against uh it's big every 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 really really bad offensive night has been a result of them not getting the deflections and yep. quick buckets. <laughs> yep. Um and every decent offensive night they've gotten a fair amount of quick buckets off of yep. deflections. And so yep. yeah, again, this, this is um you know, I I know like I, I don't want us to, you know, maybe we're like we're like at the altar of Kyle Smith and we're like <laughs> We're, you know the the founders of the church here but it's yeah. but it but but still like it's it, it's refreshing to have a coach that uh, is adapting to what he has yeah um because we know that he hasn't always coached like this as you as you mentioned and so it's it, it it's it's fun and and honestly it's made that they're better than they were last year and it, and as i've said before it may not turn into more Pac-12 wins because the Pac-12 is a lot better this year than it has been in probably four or five yep. years. Yep. Um, so it, it's it it's good that they got a lot better. Otherwise, it could have been a real miserable year. Oh my <laughs> god. Um, yeah. But now they they're in position to get get you know you know get a few wins. But I it definitely tempers the expectations unless they take quite a big leap, yeah. which they could take a, a little bit more leap because you know I. Who knows? Like they could hit more shots. Like Ellaby well, shooting, yeah. shooting twenty nine percent from three yes. right now. And if like, Isaac Bonton suddenly starts playing like apparently what Kyle Smith thinks he can play, like you know that makes a massive difference too. So 
And Jalen Shedd as well. Jalen Shedd yep. is definitely uh, more limited offensively than we expected. Yep. Um, you get because right now you you have you you have Gervais Robinson taking too many shots. Yeah. Uh, he, he really doesn't. Any take shot that is too too many shots. Yeah. <laughs> Literally one too many Gervais too many. Yeah, and I'm, uh, and and you do you know they they've been. Uh, the last few games, you've seen them go to Pollard in the post quite a bit, and yeah. as you say, like, I don't know if that's going to work. That's against. not going to work in the Pac-12. Yeah, <laughs> like he's because he's just not even going to be able to get off a shot. Like, yeah. you know, he's going to be guarded by guy. You know, and there's going to be no 6, reason 11 to athletic him. dudes. Yeah. yeah, like he's, you know, he he may get. You know, I, I mean, we've seen him the last you know couple of years get you know eight ten points on occasion you know, yeah. a Pac-12 game. But, you know, that's not something you can rely on with any kind of, you know, regularity. So I think another guy would be Kuntz, Jazz Kuntz. If yeah. he could if he could knock down threes at maybe more closer to like a 37% clip than like the yep. 32% he's at right yep. now. And then it, he's actually a pretty good offensive rebounder because um, he's just kind of – he's a bit explosive and, and he's a bit wiry. He finds the gaps. And I think he has a good read on uh, – a good read on ball off the rim. Yeah, and it also uh, helps when – you know, I mean, he's on offense. He's basically stationed at the three-point line. So mm-hmm. that also helps too because he, he, he crashes comes, from there, yeah. Yeah, he comes from the three-point line. He crashes from there. He's able to sort of read, you know, where the ball is going to go and then, then kind of fly in and get his hand on a, on a ball. So – yeah, it's he's a he's a pretty dreadful defensive rebounder, but oh yeah, well dreadful might be too strong, but but he's not. Very he's been good. better this year than he was. Yeah, last he's been year, a bit better. Same for most all but of our yeah, picks. But he's his value is like you said, really on the uh, on the offensive end. If he can if he can be if he can hit the three well enough to make other teams guard him, and he can get some offensive rebounds, those kinds of things are really gonna change his uh, change his value. So. I'm curious yeah. to see if uh, if Mar- how much run Markovetsky is going to get because he yeah he, he came in for about 15 seconds yeah uh, drew an offensive foul and then came out and then came right back out <laughs> yeah it's I, I don't know like it it leads me to believe they they don't see him as a huge piece this year I don't you know what's know. funny in, in the limit I was I was uh, I was perusing hoop math today. Yeah, and in the very limited amount of time he has played, he leads. He's tied with Kuntz on the team in putbacks. So like he's sounds just, about right. Yeah, so he's just a force in that regard. Um, but yeah, they they probably it just seems that they might not think he's ready because they were they were playing a team um, in Riverside who had. To yeah. a six ten and a seven foot yeah. one guy, and you thought yep. this is a game that Markovetsky is going to play. Yeah, but he played for fifteen seconds, and Tony Miller again took the minutes. Like Tony Miller's yeah. been taking the minutes at the four, five, sometimes five, like position. Um, that's again that we'll see how that works. Like he's been playing really well. Yeah. Um, and but again, like a, a six six uh, power forward, um, who's not particularly uh, girthy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, is is uh, um, is that that doesn't seem like something uh, again in in the better Pac-12 this year. It might be tough, but who knows, man? He's been he's been playing well, so hopefully hopefully he's just one of those like great stories that just plays yeah plays beyond what we 
even anticipated. I hope so too. I mean, he's he did have kind of a kind of a fun dunk where I was like, all right. Yeah, he That's just cool. straight. He just burned a. He had a guard on him, and he yeah. just took him to the rack. And I think he was like, he he was like, well, oh, speaking of that, uh, the seven foot the seven footer was guarding Pollard, and yeah. Pollard totally beat him off the dribble. Yeah, he like gave him a little pump fake at the three point line, and then put it on the floor on the baseline. And then I don't. I think Pollard was surprised because yeah. <laughs> he kind of stopped, and he's like, "This guy's got to be closer." Because it's seven footer chasing him, so he kind of paused, and then he ended up not scoring on it. Yeah, he was like wide I think he thought it. he was going to pump fake him into a foul. The only problem yeah. was he was he was too he was far too away. Too far away. He had burned him <laughs> so bad. So then he stopped, and the guy caught up, and then he went for the shot and got it blocked. So yeah, good good work, Jeff. I, I'm it's sure pro- uh, it's probably not going to sure happen every- again. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I'm sure everyone had fun with that during during the film session. Oh, I'm looking sure. at that one because. Uh, yeah, that should have been that should have been an easy two. It, that that was pretty funny, pretty yeah. darn funny. I, def- um, I definitely it does seem like uh, Smith has tightened up the rotation. You, it does. I, I don't think DJ Rodman played. Um, no. Noah Williams played. Has been getting he, he he's his minutes have kind of fluctuated, but it seems like he has a role as like a yep. 10, 10, 15 minute guy. Yep. Um, Marvin, Marvin Cannon. Cannon. I was going to say another Marvin guy Cannon that seems could, to have taken Rodman's minutes that he yep. was getting early in the year. Which is probably partial to that is Cannon's been hitting more shots. Um, yep. Again, that's a guy that we know can shoot better than he's been shooting. Um, but again, it, it depends. He's not particularly adept. Depends on the kind of shot. Yeah. It, it's If he's got a spot up three um, and the, or like a put back dunk, because a lot of a lot of his offensive um, repertoire like fit in with what Kent was doing um, a lot more than what they're doing now, uh, yeah. just because a lot of the more the more running that they did. Um, he he's they, always a guy that the announcers love because he's very athletic. Yeah, and it's I funny. mean he'll come up with highlights. He's sort of a victim though of of what they've just got going on offense a little bit. Yeah. Like, Part of the reason why he was successful with, you know, with Ernie last year is is the way that uh, with the shooters that they had who were able to spread the floor, that just created a lot more space for for his skill set to, you know, occasionally just really slash to the basket. Right. Um, they just they kind of don't have that this year. They don't have enough shooters to really unclog the lane. And then, of course, you're, you know, Pollard's playing most of the minutes and he's and he's a for the times that he drifts out to the three point line, it's not that many. Most of the time he's, he's a pretty pure post player. So, um, so that kind of reduces the space for a guy like, like Cannon, but, but he seems to have kind of found, you know, found some stuff, you know, he seems to have kind of figured out a few things, figured out where he fits a little bit. Cause early in the year, he really just looked lost. He he just looked like he he wasn't sure where he was going or what he should be doing. His minutes reflected that for sure. Yeah. And and now that he's kind of he's kind of coming a little bit coming along a little bit, um, you know he he in theory is a guy who should be able to get a ton of steals too. Like yeah, I, you know he doesn't seem to have done it yet, but seems like a guy who in theory should be able to do that. So yeah, I I know that Kyle Smith had um, higher hopes for him than what we saw at the beginning of the year, uh, just based off of some things he said last year, right. um, said to me during an interview I had with him. So I, I know he had really high hopes for Marvin Cannon. So I, I think it's encouraging that Cannon is playing more minutes. I'm a little discouraged that Mark Ovetsky is not playing a little more. You know, I would think they'd want him to play a little more to bring him along. 
Because um, he's actually is, been fairly effective when he has played. Yeah, but, but there must there must just be something. Yeah, I mean, there must be something that they're not seeing that they want to see. And so, you know, or maybe they just, I mean, it really could just be as simple as they, they just, they're not really worried about development right now because they need to win games, you know, and, and win games matters, yeah. you know? So if they feel like, you know, that he's not part of their best lineup, if Tony Miller's their guy, then whatever. There's also the other part too. I mean, we've kind of overlooked this, but you know, the nerd ball thing, I mean, could be possible. He's just not, you know, not, you know, moving up the, the, the ranking chart, the points chart, uh, both in games and during practice, you know, maybe he's just not doing what they need him to do to, to earn the playing time. And Tony Miller is, and well, that's what I think I know? must like Bonton must just be excellent, like amazing in practice. Like, well, I, I mean, you can see his defense, like, like yeah, you his, can't, he's very, he's very good defensively. He's a really good defender, particularly for what they're asking, you know, their guards to do. And so, you know, I, 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 my sense is that they, they've got a pretty gentle hand with him in terms of the offense stuff that it's, Hey, you know, maybe let's not shoot that pull up jumper. Maybe let's, you know, maybe let's, let's think of a better shot. And I do think that, you know, since he got sick and even on Sunday when, when he played a, a pretty normal amount of minutes, um, you know, the offense does seem to be moving a little better, does seem to have fewer of the just sort of ridiculous. He did have a couple, but um, fewer of the ridiculous, you know, pull up shots. Um, yeah, he seems but. like he he could uh, be much more of a distributor than he is. Um, he's not he, a bad passer. Yeah, he's a good passer. He just when he drives the lane, he he doesn't seem to look to pass that much. Yeah. Um. He he gets and he does these wild, you know, up and unders and. You know, his obviously his shot selection is just overall really bad, um, and and it is for a lot of the guys on our team because we haven't really ran good offense yet. Um, but he seems to be the guy that just takes like. But the the problem is he t- sometimes he's taking them early in the early in the clock, and you're like, did you really need to shoot the pull up three right. at, at yeah? And and we've talked about this before. He shoot and the same problem with Ellaby. Ellaby shooting a lot more. Uh, pull-ups uh, off right. the dribble and and yeah if you look at Ellaby's hoop math stats like oh my god like uh Ellaby has not had an assisted two-point jumper this year <laughs> yeah he typically only takes those once he's kind of got someone in the mid-range yeah. and he's like can I drive no can I step back not really is anybody coming for a p- no? You know what? I'll just I'll just. Yeah, he does a jab step and then kind of. I'll just jab away. step and rise and fire and and that'll just be the deal. Yeah, but so. the Bonton's percentage. I mean, twenty percent on on uh, on two point jumpers. Uh, twenty. Uh, he's only shooting forty three percent at the rim, and a lot of that's been a lot of the issue. Like our guards out. That's I mean, Ellaby's more of a wing. He's on a guard, but like. Our guards are not finishing, yeah. When, even when they're at the rim, like Bonton has a really um, tough time finishing. Like he seems, I don't know. He seems to overthink it. Honestly, I think he tries to make a spectacular play, and rather than just playing through contact, and he seems like a stout dude. Like he's got, you know, he looks pretty strong. Like it seems like he could. He's not like a freshman, you know, that he could play through contact a little more than I think he does. And that's why yeah. he doesn't even even when he drives to the basket as much as he does, he doesn't draw many fouls. Like he just 
No. I, I do think there's a little bit of a book on him at this point. Yeah, because, sure. I mean, if, if you and I can see that, look, when he puts his head down and goes to the rim and puts it, when he, when he puts his head down and starts dribbling into the lane, like, like he's going to the rim, that's it. Like, like, or he's doing, or he's pulling up or something like there's no, it's not going you know, it. he's not, it's, he's not giving he, it up. He's not looking for a pass. He's not going to pull it out. He's not gonna, you know, dribble through if it's not working. Like he's just, you know, it's, it's going up. And, and I think that teams, when he starts pounding the ball, I, I, I get the sense that opposing defenses are really like, okay, well, here we go, you know, and they know what's coming and, you know, they're, they're sagging off of guys and they're making that they're, they're really clogging the pain on him and just making, making shots really difficult around the basket. And, you know, at some point, hopefully he's going to realize that um, and maybe be a little bit more of a playmaker than, than just a, um, you know, a high volume shooter, but yeah. Because he I don't really know. has that ability to be a playmaker. I think he He's... does. Like, he made a sweet who, – oh. who was that pass to? Was it to Ellaby? Yeah, Ellaby yeah. hit like, an and one. He had a sweet pass on a, on a fast break. Um, he can definitely pass. There's no doubt about that. So Yeah, and I don't want to sound like we're, like, piling no, on, it's but it's just he's a guy that takes more shots and – well, when he's on the floor, the percentage of shots he takes is slightly more than Ellaby and yeah. uses almost as many possessions. Yeah. Um, he does take care of the ball, which is good. Well, <laughs> he, that's that's easy to do when you <laughs> when, when all you ever do is shoot. I know. That's that's a but lot I mean, easier. Yeah, he's not I mean he's doing he's handling the ball a lot, not giving it he, up. Because like true. you you'll get shed and shed's having a yes. real tough time holding on to the ball. Uh, he had a quite Quite a few turnovers. Ellaby, yeah. a little more, few more turnovers this year. Like as it's going on, but his rate is still really low, yeah. given how often he handles the ball. Well, the um, funny part is that Isaac Bonton's assist rate isn't horrible for a shooting guard. Yeah, like like but it's kind of not terrible. It's just if we could just eliminate some of the shots that are just but he is really he low is percentage. He he is playing the role of point guard quite a bit when he's on he the is. floor. It's true. Yeah, like I mean, I don't know if that's that's what it looks like. Um, it could just be he's the scoring guard. He's the guy that needs to create because really we only like if you look at guys that can create their own shot on this team, it's it's Ellaby and Bonton and and not really right. many other guys. Um, Shed can get to the rim, but he hasn't really done that that much, um, and he's struggled to finish just like Bonton. Um, yeah. But again, like. We've seen this like guys that, you know, it, it takes transfers an adjustment period almost always. Um, so I'm hoping that we can get. Well, especially Shed came in very late. Yep. And, and like he he's came also, in after the school year started. He's also so. been injured. Yep. And then, and, but Bonton's a, you know, JC transfer. That's quite a, a, you rarely see JC transfers come in and just light it up immediately. Um, yep. So I'm hoping that it seems like he could if he just got the shot selection under control. Yeah, like, if he's like not... he looks like he can score. Yeah, but he you, really you know it's funny. You're like shot selection is terrible. And then he drilled like a pull up 27 footer in this game. God damn it! That's why when he, he made that, up. I was like, shit. Like now he's gonna think he can make that. You know, like that was <laughs> that was my only thought when he drilled that thing. You know, he just dribbled, dribbled, dribbled. It was like a Clay Thompson three that he Yeah, and the dude sagged off him, and and he just, like, drilled it. And I was like, damn it. Shoot. Maybe he'll just – there's going to be a game 
There's going to there be is. a game there when is. he just hits 100%. every like Royce Woolridge style, and which yeah. uh, Kyle Sherwood on our on our uh, in our Slack chat, like he early in the season, he's like, "Oh, this is like the new Royce Woolridge, like where he's just going to fill it up like one game, and we're going to beat someone that we shouldn't because he just doesn't miss." And I am 100 percent here for that. Yeah, I'm ready for that. Um, particularly because he plays D and, and that's obviously why he's on the floor. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's got to make some fucking shots at some point. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, please. Yeah, we're kind of running out of time for that. Yeah. We're running out of time. Like his, his, his season long stats are going to look bad regardless of what he does at this point. Like, cause the, he just has had such a bad start. Um, but yeah, I do expect Ellaby to hit. If, and we've talked about this. Uh, it's funny. I, I, every game you're watching and they like they were particularly talking about oh so many of the players on the on WSU had their percentages their three-point percentages are down from year before and I'm like have have you like and then they're talking about the longer line and they're like oh I don't think it's impacted people they just shoot the threes and it's like um (laughs) it's like it's had a huge impact yeah there's like three-point percentages are down everywhere everywhere like it's it's and and you they've done this before and eventually they adjust but like three point percentages are down one point four percent across NCAA basketball. Yeah, and yeah, obviously Ellaby's down like twelve percent from last year, but he's taken a lot more difficult shots. Um, so, but I'd still would hope he could be around thirty five given his ability. Yeah, and he's only at twenty nine right now. Yep. Um, he was very selective. He's been very selective lately. Hasn't shot that many. Um, he only shot two threes uh, against Riverside because really he could he kind of decided in the second half he could get inside, and he did, and and he ended up with twenty points again. But um, we'll see. Like a Pac twelve play that might be harder. He he's going to have to hit some threes to kind of keep defenses honest. Yep. Yep. But yeah. Um, is there anything? that we can learn from these next three games no no <laughs> not at all no i think the answer is no no i i mean i i like i said i think the offense is getting a little bit better they they look like they they have a bit more of an idea of what they're trying to do i would love um, at least one of these games they just light someone up i i would too you I, know, all they, three of them hopefully but yeah i mean when you look at the the sort of efficiency of the offense. Um, you know, they've only had one game this year over 1.09 points per possession. And that was the first game of the year <laughs> when they destroyed, which is absolutely ripped Seattle, which before, before the New Mexico game was far and away their best performance, like on like, Oh, oh best complete performance by yeah. I think New Mexico State takes that. Yeah. But. but even that, like the offense was only at point nine three points per possession, which yep. is terrible. And it was like um, very reliant on free throws. Yeah. Which we and have so, not yeah, been good at huge, generally. <laughs> yeah, that was an outlier in terms of free throw rate. So um yeah, I you know, I think really what I'd like to see Actually to wait or no, I was looking at defense. Yeah. No, on offense they did as well. Yeah, like yeah. They, it was fifty four. Defense they actually yeah. limited them. That was that's what yeah. it was. Yep. Yeah, yeah. New Mexico State the the off the free throw rate was fifty four point two, which means uh, they shot like if if you stretch that out, be fifty four free throws for every hundred um, shots you take. But uh, their their next highest of any other game is 
against Idaho, they had 33.3 free throw rate. Yeah. So yeah, they had quite yeah. a, so big outlier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I just, I guess I just kind of want to continue to see the offense, you know, having a clue, um, the mm-hmm. offense looking like it's got a plan. Um, that, that's really the big part, um, is, you know, just, just feeling like they're, they're making some progress on that end in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. And I, I, I think they've made some strides that way. I'd like to continue to see that. Um, you know, they, they really should win all three of these games comfortably. We'll see, uh, we'll see if that actually happens. I'm definitely not going to panic. If it doesn't happen, I'll be super pissed if they lose one of them. Yeah. They definitely should not lose. They definitely should not lose any. These are not even games. Any Ernie Kent would lose. These are correct. Yeah. (laughs) Correct. So, you know, so I'd like to, I'd like to see some of that. Um, again, I'd, I'd be, you know, super surprised if, uh, if they lost any of them, but you know, I'm to, actually to checking, win them. I'm checking my statement here to make sure Kenny Kent didn't lose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they should win them. They should win them comfortably. And I'd like to see the offense not just perform well, but but look in the half court um, like it has like like there's a plan and, and like they know what they're doing. They know where they're going. Um, they, they sort of understand what they're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, I would not be shocked if maybe there was a little bit more of an emphasis on that over these last couple of weeks before they start Pac-12 play, um, because they are going to, I mean, the reality is they are going to have to be better on offense, uh, to win very many Pac-12 games. Absolutely. Yeah. So. And I don't, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't have super high hopes. Cause if we just think back to like the Dick Bennett years, yeah. uh, it was the net, like, his second year when he had like senior Kaladi and, and uh, that their offense picked up a little more, they were a little better that year. Um, you know, second year yeah. of Verum and everything. Um, but I, I'm hoping that, you know, the, just the fact that we have a guy like Ellaby and, and whatever we can find our, yeah. find our way, you know, get some better efficiency. But yeah, I think, uh, I think it's probably, uh, Time to take a break, and then maybe we'll talk some crouton. Let's do it. Crouton. And we're back. All right. It's it's, it's very nice of, you know, remember in the old days, uh, we used to do all this in February, or the the first (laughs) week of February. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. sure there are people who like this whole, uh, early signing day thing. I am certainly not one of them. Their, their names are coaches. This is the <laughs> worst possible time to be doing. In fact, like, so, you know, earlier tonight, you know, you and I were, were talking before we started recording and I'm like, I am <laughs> like, like this is, this is going to be, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this, but this is easily going to be the, the worst year of coverage we've ever had at Coog Center for signing day. Like, it's just going to be, yeah, like we've typically blown it out like crazy. And this year just, it, it just ain't happening, man. It is not happening. I mean, we'll have stuff. But but some of the stuff we've done in the past just just ain't gonna happen because like it's, it's my last week of school before break like it's there's a lot going on Craig I had two Christmas concerts last week for my children I'm just I mean there's a lot going on you know well, what I'm saying Well I mean you have three children so I do I do and two of them have the flu right now so I may not be far behind. We'll see. So yeah, 
So this, maybe I'll be home on Wednesday, and then I can just really ramp up the coverage. Yeah, just just get puking. sick, Jeff. You know, because it's it. so easy to write when you're vomiting. Oh, one hundred percent. Like, I'll just you when know, you have a fever, couch. it's great. <laughs> the first thing I know when I have a fever and I'm puking and I've got water running out of my butt is I'm thinking, oh, writing sounds great. Right I'm gonna now. write about seventeen. I'm gonna olds. write. <laughs> I'm gonna write about seventeen year olds in there decisions about where they're going to play football yeah <laughs> so the numbers on this uh 247 has us ranked 54th nationally yeah not uh, not super exciting no. ninth in the pac-12 thanks to usc for some reason yeah well that's that is it's usc and utah both like that is just yeah. a function of them not having a lot of commits right yeah. now yeah so. i don't yeah i don't I think we could end up around 11th or 12th by the time this That's, over. well, last year we were 12th. Well, you look at the barometer as like, are we ahead of Oregon State? And no, we are not. No, we are but not. That, that not is going almost, to be. Yeah, yeah, because they, uh, they, have, they, have they have a better average recruit. They have one more commit. Um, of course, both of us, we run in those three-star realms. Um WSU, 18 three-star commits. Uh, Oregon State, 19 three-star commits. Um, Arizona. Theirs are of a little higher quality. Arizona is actually like their um, average rating is slightly higher than us, but yep. not that much. And you kind of wonder what, what the hell points, is like some, points, what is someone doing? Like, I, yeah, you would think that he would be a, a hell of a recruiter. That situation's a train wreck down yep. there. But then you got. I mean, the top half of the conference is recruiting well. Um, the, the UW is crushing it. Oregon's crushing it. Yep. Um, Stanford, Stanford is still pulling doing six, their four stars. Uh, you got Arizona State. Um, that's the not quantity one but me. quality, man. That's yeah. the interesting one to me because when they fill out the rest, of that, so they've only got fourteen commits. But four of them are four stars. When they fill out the rest of that, they're going to be in the top half of the conference. Colorado's pretty, definitely pretty solidly. Colorado's uh, probably upticked a little bit this year. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're seeing with those classes. So when you see when you see what Colorado's doing, and you see what Oregon State's doing, and you see what Arizona State's doing, when you look at those, if you remember back to Paul Wolf, yeah, that that second year is the year where you can, you can really sell hope. Yep. Right. You can sell, hey, here's our vision. Here's what we're doing. You know, we have we've had an uptick. We're we're blah 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 blah. Right. Imagine selling hope and also selling it with Tempe. Yeah. And I mean in that Um, second I'm trying to remember who all was in that second class with Paul Wolf, but I'm pretty sure that was Marquise Wilson, Jeff Toole, and Dayon Buchanan, if I remember right. Which who weren't even um I don't think they weren't even the highest rated players and that what well, tool was but buchanan like there, there was a lot of other guys that were higher rated. that was definitely right. his highest rated class it was, it was, was his best class one. so i think that that no, that second year class is the one where you really get that bump when you're like hey look at what we're doing you know we're we're making it we're 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 doing this thing um you know so you can really sell that in that second year and then you know depending on what happens in that you know following season okay so your third season now um you know what you know, what kind of return are you getting on the, on the promises that you're making? And so, yeah, that's, it's not shocking to me that those class, those guys are doing, you know, better. Um, it's not really, it's not shocking to me that Oregon state's doing okay. 
Um, so, you know, in, in Colorado, you know, you've got a situation where, you know, Mel Tucker is coming from the SEC. He can sort of sell that as NFL experience. Yeah. He can sell that. And Colorado's great. Like, you and I visited Boulder. That's like a cool ass place, man. Yeah. Like, that's not a bad place to go to school. So, yeah. And it's more, it's closer to it, like a major city. And, yep. Um, so, yeah, it's easier yep, to sell. So, I get it. I get uh, it. We we know that we know that Pullman's a hard sell for a lot yeah. of kids, but I you know it's the one thing that that's a bummer is we we knew last year was the the worst class that Leach had and hope hopefully that he ever has, yeah. Um, and I mean I mean they could all turn out to be diamonds, but oh, but in terms of rankings, they were the right. worst class. Um, and I think we kind of pegged that on the coaching turnover, Leach almost leaving. Um, there, you know, and then right. a lot Just of his, a lot, a lot of, of his people. staff bailed. Um, so it was, uh, we, we never, we expected that to be a shitty class and it was, um, I mean, no, again, uh, they could turn out to be amazing, but in terms of rankings, they weren't good. Um, and then, uh, but this year hasn't, you know, coming off an 11 and two season, all that Gardner Minshew goodwill and all this stuff, you kind of think that. Um, 11 and, and wins 11 like, uh, yeah 11 wins four top years 10 in, ranking four years in a row just being at the top of the conference yeah. you think at some point that um but maybe you know like uh there was that when bill doba kind of just as they, they basically their staff after the three 10 win seasons in a row basically were like oh uh, i bet if we go after these bigger recruits they'll come because because we're good and they they didn't and they did, and, and but you would hope that you know maybe the facilities at WSU now, which Doba didn't have, and um, like you could be like, oh look, this th- like you have a great life, like this is where you live, this amazing place. Um, but again, like even from right when Leach started, when this first got when when the the fob first opened, compared to now, you've had probably half the rest of the conference build those same things. USC came and looked at ours as as an inspiration to build theirs like so it's like um ours is not unique anymore maybe it's not the recruiting tool that it once was because every school has it um and so now we're kind of back to this apparently an 11 win season i don't know man is it the coaching staff that we have now uh, did we lose a lot of the good recruiters like roy manning and and wilson and and those guys like mastro and, and uh <laughs> Joe Salavea. Joe Salavea. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, are are we seeing this is what happens? Like, I mean, obviously, we're we're not, like, down that far, but it's enough to be, like – but given the success of the program that we have behind it, it is a little concerning. Like, why – like, why why can't we improve recruiting? Like, is there ever going to be a point where WSU can improve recruiting – on the back of being a successful program, I don't know. Like it's, it's starting to feel like, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, I, well, I, number one, I think you answered the question when you cited all the assistants who have left. I, I do yeah. think that makes a difference. Like, I think, I think all those guys are rock stars. I really do. Yeah. They did um, like, obviously Leach and, and Emmerich and them did a hell of a job hiring guys. And because everyone else has wanted them. Yeah. And I mean, let's listen, if we're being honest, I have no, you know, special, you know, 
like, like super special insight into this, but, you know, just from, you know, reading what I can and, and looking around, you know, Mike Leach is not the most involved recruiter, you know? And, and I think that that's, and that's not, unless it's the quarterback. Yeah. and, And that's really not, that's not, that's not a knock. Like I, I hope that's not taken the wrong way. Like that's not a, that's not a criticism. Well, like I'm, um, and, and and I would I would assume that like Herm Edwards is not that involved at Arizona State, um, the way he runs the program, and they have you know a, a pretty damn good recruiting class right. going right now. So um, it, I, a, I think Leach really relies on his assistants, which I think most coaches do. But, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, but but if say we compared it to like, and I mean this is probably a really extreme example, but you know someone like PJ Fleck. Right. Like, you know, PJ is got. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got his fingers in like every guy that they're recruiting. Like, you know, you know, there's no way that he's missing any kind of opportunity to to sell himself and, and sell the brand. But it's, you know, leeches, you know, I mean, whatever he's. I don't know how old he's damn near 60, right? Like yeah. he spends, you know, most of the off season in key West, like, and again, you know, more power to him. That's not a criticism. It's just a, okay, if you're going to do that, then you need to have um, assistants who are, you know, knocking it out of the park. And, and, and it just doesn't seem like they have that right now. Um, you know, I, I, not again, not to get like too far into sort of name and names, but like, you know, you went from, you know, Joe Salavea, who's pulling in these guys from Samoa. Right. And, and so many of them turn out to be, you know, pivotal guys right. for the, for the program to Jeff Phelps, who, <laughs> you know, I don't know how many guys you can point to directly. Well, again, and say, like, oh yeah, that was Jeff Phelps. Like, well, any, and, and- like the thing is, like Jeff Phelps seems like a hell of a defensive line coach, like in terms of coaching the position. Right. But when it when it but but the other part, the, the part that gets forgotten with assistance, not not by the programs but by fans, is the recruiting. Yeah. Aspect. Yeah. And and there's only so I mean, if we if we stipulate that Jeff Phelps is a really good teacher, okay, but you know that only goes so far, right? It's it's the whole you know Jimmy's and Joe's thing, right? Yep. And, you know, do, do we have the Jimmys and Joes right now on the defensive line? Uh, maybe. You know, I don't I I don't know. I mean, they, they were they were a bit young this year. I mean, Hobbs is young. McDougal's young. Quade's young, you know, whatever. But, you know, it's I mean, some of the more mature guys weren't, you know, anything, you know, to to, to sort of write home about this year. So I don't know. I, I'm not sh- I'm not even sure I'm ready to stipulate that Jeff Phelps is is that great of a coach. Um, and, and I don't know if that's a controversial take or if that's a hot take or if that's a lukewarm take Taylor comfort, man, but okay. So, you know, Jeff Phelps been around for a few years, you know, the first year that everybody sort of gave him, you know, massive amounts of credit was the first year that, you know, his first year, right. Mm -hmm. With a whole bunch of guys who were pretty mature and had been coached for, you know, three or four years under Joe Salavea. Okay, great. Well then last year, again, you've got Taylor comfort and. You know, I don't know. I mean, I guess Willie, you know, Willie Taylor had a good year. Rogers had a pretty good year, um, but I, you know, yeah. But again, know, we then, also we had a better back end. Um, yeah, with Jalen Thompson in particular, yeah. and, and, you know, and then you've got this year where you go, well, the defensive line was actually a huge problem. 
So is that all? Is that teaching? Is that talent? Is that both? I mean, it's probably both. It's just it's just a matter of how you try and you know divide up the uh, you know the blame pie, as it were, right? You know, try to figure out how to divide that up. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I. I, I hope he's, you know, that great of a coach. I really do. And and I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll see when we see the kind of jump that, you know, some of these guys have made cuz, you know, McDougal for example is a guy who um, you know, there's there's no way to argue that he's not talented enough to be an impact player. Absolutely. Like, he was an impact player at West Virginia, decided West Virginia wasn't for him, came to Wazoo and barely played after a redshirt year. So why, you know, if you're that great of a coach, then you're, you're getting, you know, the maximum ability out of that talent. So, you know, I'm willing to give it another year, but, but I, I will say I remain somewhat unconvinced that, that Jeff Phelps is, is actually, you know, some great shakes as a defensive line coach, particularly when I, you know, you can't really point to any uh, big recruiting wins that he's had. Yep. All right. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's the thing with, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, yeah, it it seems like we've lost a lot of recruiting skill, like talent. We um, have, and, and we haven't even been able to hang on <laughs> to the guys that we have gotten. Yeah. Uh, you know, we lost. Uh, so uh, if you just look at the class that, you know, we're, we're more or less supposed to sign on Wednesday, um, three of the top four rated recruits that we've had this year have decommitted. So that would be Christian Fitzpatrick who, and and again, all all these guys decommitted for different reasons. Um, But Christian Fitzpatrick wide receiver, you know, decommitted to, you know, go play with his brother at Louisville. Okay, fine. Um, You know, Alakai Gilman, uh, you know, decommits to go to Stanford. Okay. Okay, fine. (laughs) You know, right. And then Jaden King uh, running back that, that, that was a recent one that seemed to be a situation where his offer was pulled. Um, but still yeah, it's like, going on there, yeah. yeah, but still it's like, you know, you're, you're more talented guys. You're not, you're not hanging on to, and that's, that's certainly not good. The, the big one they've obviously got to hang on to is the quarterback, uh, Jaden Delora. Yep. Um, bigger programs have come sniffing around. He, you know, reaffirmed his commitment. Um, you know, if he goes ahead and signs on Wednesday, I think that's a major, major win. I really like him. Two, two really four like seven says that Phelps is the recruiter for that. Well, there you go. If it, I, I take back everything I said, <laughs> for, if Jaden Delora. Delora signs and and you know turns out to be awesome, so. But yeah, so he um, two four seven reports that he's got an offer from Ohio State which, and USC and USC. Yeah. Um, BYU, uh, Hawaii, obviously, yeah. um, and then San Diego State. But yeah, but yeah, that'd be a big one. Obviously, quarterback is a huge thing. Um, yep. And I think he's an exciting player. I mean, I'm sure yeah. we can talk about this. Yeah, he's a yeah. He's not guy, but... he's not your you know prototypical six five duties. He's yeah. uh, he 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 could add a different element. I, I think, think he's going to end up being a lot like Gardner Minshew. Yep. I think exactly. that's going to be a pretty good comp when when all is said and done. Yeah, but he's got to come and he's got to stay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. So. Overall, let's we we talk about the class like the guys committed overall. Maybe we'll talk about it after they commit, but yeah, but or after they sign, but yeah, they still I mean, need lots of help in the secondary. And, and some of the the gloom and doom we say is yeah, because they're not there's not a lot of um, 
there's not a lot of like help coming in in the areas that you desperately need it. Yep. Um, there's Gilman's one... a guy who could have played potentially could have played right away. Yep. There's one defensive lineman. On, yep. On the commit list. Um, <laughs> and Whew. there's uh, I mean I guess there are a couple defensive ends, but there's one defensive tackle. And yep. we run two tackles and yep. one defensive end. So yep. um, there's one tackle. Obviously, there's, you know, you got a bunch of offensive linemen, um, big guys, except for one. But uh, that's your what you call the Andre Dillard wild card right. when you recruit the, the smaller athletic guys. But otherwise, Leach Jr. recruits giant dudes and then uh, lets them be even more giant. Yeah. Um, and then overall you have, I don't know, like it's, and, and yeah, the 54th is not that crazy historically with WSU, but the, the, where you get the, where you get the kind of the disappointment is, is like, we, we couldn't improve because we had some, you know, high four, you know, upper and upper forties, like 40, 42 and yeah. some classes, yep. you would think you could break into the thirties at some point. Well, and what you really want to get is you want you want to be in that area where Arizona State is right now. Yeah. You want to be in that area where you're getting three or four four-star kids. And then we have never done that. Cuz those guys are the sort of the difference makers, right? I mean, those are the guys who um, you know, can potentially separate you from a team like, I don't know, Washington. Particular, uh, <laughs> right? you know, four stars that outside of the quarterback too, like Right. Right. You know, so you get some of those guys, difference makers at different parts of the field. Um, you know, obviously stars aren't everything, but you know, but as, they do. You, they do have some pretty yes, pretty they solid have, predictive value. They have predictive value, as you and I know. And you know, anyone who wants to sort of poo-poo that and be like, oh, you know, we we've been great without getting four stars. We don't need them. Uh, you know, well, if you're tired of losing apple cups, we need them. Yeah. That's it. So, um, you know, and I think the hope was at this point, you know, you'd get to a point where, yeah, you know, three or four, four star kids a year is something that you could expect. And to not be there is, you know, it, it's not surprising, but it's but that doesn't mean it's also not a little disappointing. So, yeah, you just yeah, hope it's, that it's maybe there was maybe there was some magic in, in winning and having the facilities and. Yeah, and everything because we Leach have and, and Mike Leach, you know, a, you know. a brand, like a proven brand of a coach, and yep, because um, our, our facilities are on par with you know anyone outside of Oregon, so yeah. it's it, you know that that shouldn't be an issue. Obviously, the you know the Pullman location is yep. harder to recruit to, and we expect yep. that. We we're I would never expect WSU to be pulling regular like top twenty classes. But I would love if they were pulling like top forty classes a little yeah. more often. And I do think it comes with the I, occasional I really twenty five or something. I really do think so much of it comes back to staff stability. I mean, I, I really do. Yeah. I, I think if you know if you still had Salavea, Mastro, Manning, and uh, Wilson, you know, maybe you're getting in on some of those kids and pulling some of those kids, and you know, you're getting those three or four four stars a year and, and pushing yourself up into the sort of low thirties, which I think is where low to mid thirties. I think we'd be super happy if we were sort of in those low to mid. Yeah, if you're running the air raid, you know, you can score points like with like, like offensively, like 
if if we have a bunch of like high three stars and stuff like we're gonna be good like look at this year like there was there was no like crazy recruits out like jameer calvin was the biggest recruit and he didn't play the entire year right um and and so uh yeah there obviously travel harris was a you know good recruited but like um but anthony gordon obviously was not and and our offensive linemen are generally kind of like middle of the road three stars middle to high three stars um but we can build an offense out of that it's the defense is really struggles when you don't get the playmakers on the defense you gotta you gotta have athletes yep at some point i mean uh, some at some point somewhere you know you gotta have athletes on defense and you know it's tough to be successful if you don't yeah, so I don't know. Uh, we only have eighteen commits right now. Um, yeah, so that means last got year seven more. Last year they filled like last year it wasn't a good class, but they filled it up like right away. Yeah, um, I think they signed twenty three, yeah. twenty two on early signing day, something yeah. like that. So maybe there'll be some surprises. I don't know. Um, it does seem like a lot of the conference that there's less signed up. Stanford typically doesn't sign a full class yeah um but uh yeah i, I think i saw in in uh john Wilner's piece about um their massive amounts of players joining the transfer portal <laughs> um he like said holy they, shit man uh, they had their they were only using like 70 some scholarships this year which is crazy. Like to Which not use all insane. of the scholarships is insane. It's like, insane. Like Alabama and programs like that are like over signing guys. Right. They're using they're they're trying to use every damn scholarship they can well, get. And they're and, then, and they're putting guys on, you know, medical things yeah. to end their careers so they can sign more guys. Yeah. And but obviously Stanford has its unique kind of requirements. You can't just pull a guy you know, late. Right. You're not filling a class with a Juco yeah. kid. Yeah. He's got to have a 4.0 GPA and a, and a, uh, whatever the S is, did the SAT, did they move back from the, did they go back to the old scale? Or are they still, I'm not sure. I know, I, whatever. The 1600 SAT and a 4.0 GPA. And then you yeah. No. Yeah. They did do that. I can tell you that for sure. The, okay. Yes. The SAT went back to a 1600 scale. Okay. Yeah. Good thing they did, man. That was that. Those were some. Those were some rough years when the SAT was out of twenty four hundred. Man, we just didn't know what to do with ourselves. Well, it just made all all of us people that took it out of sixteen hundred. Like, well, I don't care about your score. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like but, my score is not good anymore because it's out of twenty four hundred. But anyway, yeah. so yeah. Um, I don't know. It's not like a terrible class, but it's just like not. Like uh, I wish that you know. You just wish it was better. You just wish it was better because, like, like I mean, they're not even in on a bunch of four-star kids who are doing, you know, hat dances on Wednesday. Like, it's not. Well, yeah. There's, there's one kid, one kid who's like a borderline four-star kid. And we're and that's not Connor saying, O'Toole yeah. out of New Mexico, who apparently is, you know, trying to decide if he wants to go be a tight end or if he wants to play outside receiver at Wazoo. Like that's that that appears to be the situation because like he's he's a big kid who could blow up into a tight end. Um, he also could be a you know a Des Patman Isaiah Johnson Mac type on the outside for us. So um, yeah, he he's the he's the one guy that we're sort of in on at the end, waiting for his decision. That'll be on Wednesday. But he's he's like a high three star kid, borderline four star, but you know high three star kid. So. Yeah, that's our one guy. Other than that, it's you know, it's it, it's kind of more the same. You know, middling three star kids uh, to low three star kids. So, 
Which, you know, diamonds in the rough is, yeah. is what I say. Diamonds um, in the rough. And obviously, but but the thing is, like, yeah, if we've had some good seasons with these 40s and 50s recruiting classes, but if if you want to be a program that, that goes beyond, plays in New Year's Six Bowls, and, you know, you, you know, you can debate whether or not we deserved a New Year's Six Bowl last year, but... Uh, we didn't win our division, and that's why we didn't get a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, but yeah, like uh, if you can, like if you want to ascend to another level of college football, uh, you kind of need better guys. Like it's, yep. it's it, 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 it. I know you can say the ten win seasons at WSU, but there wasn't a lot of rankings back then, and. Um, there were uh like you know the the rose bowl team in 97 uh there was a few other tools at mike price's disposal yeah um and those teams were like like ridiculously senior loaded like they were just yeah yeah that 97 team in particular like 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 it was crazy they were they were completely senior loaded and they had like zero injuries all year like it was wild they they had incredible injury luck and they were able to put their best players out there every weekend, which yeah, which you is know, definitely which is, helps. You know, which, if you want to get past that, where you have to have senior loaded teams and 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 uh, uh, you know perfect injury luck, which we had right. pretty, we had really good which injury luck last once year, in a, once or, in a never, right? or really good luck in every single you know close game you play because you're playing close games every time. Which obviously last year, I Again, mean, there, that yeah. might have been a Minshew effect. I don't know, like because it sure seems like it. But yeah, because um, he does have uh, you know the Jaguars. <laughs> he does and, seem to be able to do that. Does yeah, he not? Um, but uh, but also it helped that his defense was a hell of a lot better. Um, yeah. But because um, so he was in the position to <laughs> take that lead at the end. But um, but yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, if we want to ascend to where we're not relying on like having to have senior laden teams, and, and obviously we had a, a bunch of seasons that where we were pretty damn good, where we didn't have senior laden teams, but also we kind of fell short of the ultimate goal of the Rose Bowl. So yep. we, if we want to kind of get past that without having kind of a perfect, you know, storm of everything great happening, um, we just got to recruit better, and and well, and, and, and it might and, not ever happen. Yeah, I mean, and it, exactly. It really might yeah, not ever happen. It, we might, like like forty two or forty. I think might be Leach's top class in in terms of two four seven rankings, and that might just be where WSU gets. And but if you can string together a bunch of classes at that, then then you see like the seasons that we've had, and and um, but then you you see seasons like this year where things don't you know you lose a couple guys you didn't think you were going to lose and then you uh you kind of have some bad luck and some close games and 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 your defense falls apart and then suddenly you're you're uh you're 6 and 6 instead of 8 and 4 or, you know 10 and 2 or whatever um but yeah I don't know uh we, we we hope and we pray and but I, I think the one thing you got to know as uh you know as the uh as a wsu fan is that if you're screaming for five stars and four stars all over the place like it's probably never going to happen no like no, but like like so. you said we can hope for like three or four in a class and those will create probably some legendary wsu teams yep. and and just by nature 
nature of if you throw throw enough darts at the board or whatever, you know, throw enough, you know, just throw enough at the wall, like something's gonna stick. And um, so that's that's why we get we get down when we have these. This is very historically normal, even to maybe even good, yeah. <laughs> like WSU recruiting yeah. class. But it, it but it's just like ah, I wish there was you know a couple more couple more that wish we were in on at least in on some guys you know yeah um you can you can talk about like save smalls and and he had us in his like top whatever but he was never (laughs) he was never coming to the no i I think he put us in there just to make uw jealous exactly and it worked i think that and it worked it worked that's where he was going all along yeah yep we'll just have to kick his ass in the apple cup well like his ass (laughs) specifically um i mean i don't know if you're talking about the whole team <laughs> but uh maybe we might get one good block in on him yeah so that he really feels the sting of not picking washington state oh man with the uh, um uh, theo lawson did that uh decommits article yeah i'm just like oh man god damn it god damn it <laughs> well like some some of those guys you go eh you know whatever some of those guys you go, shit, you know, like Joe Tryon's a big one. Like oh, that, yeah. that was the biggest one to me. Like I would yeah. have, that, that would have been number one us. on any list. Cause I mean, you look at our particular weakness on defense and you look at, you know, how, you know, Washington has destroyed us for however long. And I mean, everything else you just go, you know, had that guy been on our team instead of their team, does it make a difference? You know, you, 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 you kind of have to wonder. So anyway. Screw those guys. He went to Washington. Yeah. Whatever. All right, man. So, yeah, this will be I I don't think it's a, re, it's not a recruiting class that could, oh, uh, we'll get him to more of the uh, long-term yeah. next week. And they, um, you know, there's, there, there's still, there's still time. There's still there's time, still time to fill it out. Who knows? It's definitely not like, it's not a, a, a recruiting class that torpedoes the program into you know no not at all um it, yeah like it's 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 a recruiting class that can kind of keep us where we're yeah, at there, there's no reason to think that this recruiting class isn't going to keep us on the level where we are now exactly. for those people who are annoyed at the level that we're at that you know that this is the best we got then yeah they're probably going to be annoyed but yeah. you know I, I think you and i are on pretty much the same page on that one that you know this is okay it's all right like i'm not this is just not something I'm gonna. I don't know. Like I, I, I can't work up any outrage over over five straight bowl games. Like I just, I, I just can't. So, yeah, dude. I know I, what I'm I can okay work up this. outrage over. What's that? There's fucking rain in the forecast in Phoenix when I'm going down there. <laughs> does it? It God rains in it. Phoenix. What? Appar- apparently, it does. Rain for the bowl game at a stadium with a retractable roof. They better put that on if it rains. I don't want to yeah. sit in the rain at a bowl game. Like, yeah. get out of here. They should open it up and just let them play in the rain anyway. You know. Air Force by 70. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, those pitches are hard to make in the rain. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Key on the fullback dive. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Just stop that fullback. He's Hopefully, the one that he's the key. I, you know, I haven't watched any air force, but I'm really hoping they don't have a, uh, a little 
slippery quarterback like Navy does. My God, did you watch that game? Yes. Holy shit! That I don't even like. They should just run four. Like they did sometimes, ran like four. Just run four, and then then let him take off. I swear, like his two biggest runs came on passing plays. He didn't throw a single pass the entire game. They ran, I think, like five or six passing plays, and every time chunks. Okay, where he just. Yeah, I, I kid you not. I think Navy actually ran those plays so that running the quarterback was actually like maybe not the primary option, but like like a very quick secondary option because they had a couple times, at least one time I saw, where, okay, so he drops back, everybody goes vertical, and when you know it's covered, he starts to run, and he already had two blockers in front of him. <laughs> like, like they already had two dudes who were like kind of looking at him, waiting for him to take off. And then as soon as he tucked the ball, they took off, and they were like lead blockers to clear the way for him. I was like, that that is some very navy shit right there like like we're gonna run a passing play and we're actually gonna turn into a running play and i'm gonna you know the quarterback's gonna gain you know 40 yards you know running running down the field so i remember like um like the old ncaa uh games like ncaa 06 is probably the one i played the most because it was when i was in college and i just played it constantly but I, I remember like taking like you, you they had all the FCS teams back then and like so I would take like I took Grambling and tried you know tried to do a dynasty with them and I remember I had one um, like cornerback who was had like ninety plus speed and so I made a like I he was a special sub like for for Verts. I would yep. put him in for that formation. <laughs> and so he would just, I would just let them, and he would run. And then he was also, I put the, I put him in as my like wide receiver yeah, for yeah. another like play action deep ball. I'm like, like, this is like Navy is just like, this That's is our exactly fastest, what they're doing. best athlete. Yeah. Cause he, he played slot back last year. Like, and so he wasn't even the quarterback. But yeah. he, he ran for a ton of yards. Well, he was, if I remember right, he was two years ago. And yeah, then they and changed then they positions changed last year. Back. Yeah, and then they put him back at quarterback this year. Yeah. He's like tiny, and he was awesome. Like, that, it was very cool. That was very cool. I'm a, Fun I'm to a, watch. What's it? Perry. Perry. I, I was like, we got to say his name at least. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm I, I Perry. Can't even, so I Malcolm watched Perry, the game yeah. with the sound off, so I didn't oh, even okay. know his name. His name is Malcolm Perry. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Good but, job, Malcolm Perry. Yeah, I don't you're know. You're very like, fast, and you're very yeah. small, and very impressive. Very shifty. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he could play inside receiver for us. Oh, definitely. Probably in the NFL, actually. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like the triple option's way more fun when I'm watching somebody else get shredded than I am than, than it's going to be when I watch us get shredded. So, whatever. Why don't you pick a fight with someone from the Air Force while you're down there? <laughs> Come on, Craig. Unfortunately, PJ is not going, so. Man. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Anything but, else? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I had the scare. I'm having the scary joy right now. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about beer. Yeah, we didn't talk about beer. Yeah. So you got, you got me a present. I did. That was a lovely surprise. And so I'm having it right now. It's That's very like, good. It's definitely the best version of that beer that Skookum is. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, honestly, okay, so the the beer I gave you called... one last year as well, if I don't know if you remember. Did you? Yeah. 
I don't remember that. But this year I'm they sure put fancy it. wax on it. Actually, they did talk, put the, maybe that's the difference. I talked I to uh, I talked to Hollis the brewery. He said they just had some leftover wax. They thought it'd be <laughs> they thought it'd be cool to put light blue wax on something. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm drinking Scary Joy, which is a bourbon barrel aged oatmeal brown ale with coconut and vanilla. And so I wasn't really quite sure what I was going to think because I'm not a huge fan of coconut. Just just in general, just coconut flavor. I'm not I'm not a big fan. But the coconut is actually just more of a, a hint, more of an accent. Um, the vanilla is definitely more pronounced right now. And uh, it is really good. Really, really good. So, yeah. Thank you. It's awesome. You're welcome. Um, I am drinking a beer from... And you'll like this, Jeff, from Valparaiso, Indiana. Hey, I love Valpo. Yeah. Um, Bryce Drew, who led Vanderbilt to an 0-18 yeah. SEC season last year. Legend, legendary Valpo player Bryce Drew. Yeah. Son of legendary Valpo coach Homer, Homer Drew. Drew. Brother of legendary Baylor coach uh, Scott Drew. Anyway. I don't think any. I don't think Scott works at Forefathers Brewing. No, I don't think so. Those are good Christian men. They don't work at brewery. Come yeah. on, man. But uh, so I'm drinking. So I I don't even remember how I acquired this beer. I probably on Tavar, maybe when I was traveling somewhere. I don't know, honestly. Um, it is Forefathers Brewing from Valparaiso, Indiana. It is Wheelhouse 2017 Barrel Aged Wheelhouse 2017. Mm. Wheelhouse is their yearly coffee stout they release i've gathered mm. from looking at their website um it is made with dagger mountain coffee Ooh. um and some sort of like locally sort like i think it was probably a local why rye whiskey barrel i'd never heard of the heard of the distillery before um but it's pretty solid pretty solid it's a barrel age comes in about 10 and a half i think percent i don't know i, I think i might have seen it there's actually oh shit. There's it looks like there is two labels on this. And so oh I wish I two was labels. Seen, so like maybe they um mislabeled it. I am peeling this label <laughs> off in real time. <laughs> I wanna awesome. see if like if they just like put another label on top. Or maybe and, like, it's like maybe, maybe it's they like fucked when, uh, up the first label. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe it's the beer. Like I don't know. Maybe it's like uh, I'm entirely remember, too excited. So remember when we so talked I peeled to the guys off a from... bit, and it looks like it's the same beer. But maybe they just accidentally labeled it twice. Maybe I was or gonna maybe... say maybe when uh, maybe remember when we talked with the guys from Iron Horse and they were they did Mocha Death and they were like, yeah, that was like we we kind of like messed up a, a batch of Irish Death, and so we just said, hey, let's throw a bunch of coffee in it and see what happens. And then uh, ended up with a different beer. So, oh, you know what? Okay, so I peeled it off. All right, what is it? So the the only thing different is, um, so so on this one it says, uh, so on the the top label, it said Wheelhouse 2017 Barrel Aged, and it just said, it just has the 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 logo of the the coffee uh, roastery Dagger Mountain, and then and then it says Imperial Coffee Stout Aged in Whiskey Barrels. So on on the underneath label it said imperial coffee stout brewed in collaboration with dagger mountain roastery and Asian okay. whiskey barrels so actually there are some laws in in uh, in certain states um where you cannot say that you collaborated on a beer with 
uh, an entity that is not a brewery. So Indiana definitely seems like a state where that would be the case. Yeah, and 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 actually, um, it, I think Washington is the same because I, I had some. Um, I know three magnets did a beer with uh, they they with guys who were going to start a brewery called Fair Isle Brewing, which is going to open in uh, Ballard in Seattle pretty soon. Okay. Um, full disclosure, I'm an investor in the brewery, um, so uh, I won't talk too much about it any farther. But anyway, so uh, just just <laughs> yeah, just small investor, <laughs> not a big investor. Um, Whatever but, uh, money bags. Yeah, <laughs> it's small. Um, but anyway, so. Uh, um, but so that they, they, before they had opened a brewery, um, they actually couldn't put that they collaborated with them on, on the beer. So they just put their logo on the label. Like, you know, like is it, yeah. is it just a matter of like, they, they could just like say wording? like, they can say like brewed. I think they could say like brewed with our friends at Fair Isle, but they couldn't say collab brewed in collaboration with or something like that. That's like so it's, it's, it's totally, yeah. Beer laws are weird. So I think that what happened yeah. with this is Washington's they, funny like that too. You would think for such a, like a left wing state, oh, but we like have some crazy, yeah, their alcohol regulations are so restricted. Honestly, I did not like it. This is not a bit. I did not notice until I was reading the label that there was two labels on this. <laughs> and so I didn't like plan this ahead of time. Like, oh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll teach them about weird beer laws. No, no. I didn't no, even know. This just it, happened. It's so funny. Like just the language <laughs> on the label. I guarantee like they got back and then someone said no. And so what I think happened probably – I probably did get this from Tevar. They probably – so usually um, – uh, what governs this can also be the TTB, which is a, a, a federal. Um, uh, it's it, they they do they approve all the labels federally. So if you basically sell a beer across state lines, you have to have your labels approved uh, federally. Um, so they it may have been that when they decided they had to sell it, they wanted to sell it on like Tavar, which means they were selling it outside of Indiana. They they had to make this new label that didn't say in collaboration because right. there might have been so it might not even be indiana's rule although it indiana has some weird ass beer rules in, in indiana you can't um buy beer at a gas station it can't be cold to go and then you also can't buy beer on sunday till noon right um or actually it might be not at all on sunday no i think it's noon or i don't know it's it's there's some weird shit in indiana um, but, well, like, but, it, but like so many places are crazy. Like when we visited Colorado, like you have to go to a liquor store. I, I think that has changed now, but when we went, you had to go to a liquor store to get beer. Oh yeah. When I, uh, when I lived in Tennessee and they've upped it to 10% now, but, um, back in the day, like any beer over 6% had to be at a liquor store. So like pretty much almost any IPA or whatever, right. but a lot of breweries in Tennessee or, or, you know, there wasn't a lot of breweries in Tennessee back then, but they would brew their beers. A lot of them like lower so that they could sell them in grocery right. stores which makes um, sense um but yeah so it was it was kind of weird so like uh it was pretty funny like you would have these liquor stores that also had like a beer side so that's where they would sell them lower below six percent beer and then they have the liquor store connected but you had to go in a different entrance to go to either the liquor store side or the beer store side and the beer store only had all beer under six percent and so then you go if you wanted a beer over six percent like you'd go to the left, which is like, so you go to the liquor store and like, that was where almost all the IPAs were. So they were just kept warm. 
Like, because, <laughs> like, the liquor store side didn't have refrigerators. They don't care. Right. Um, but, yeah, you could also not buy wine in the grocery store in Tennessee because it was anything over 6%. So, but they, <sighs> they've, God. They, they've, they've, they've relaxed. Just some imagine what could happen. I know. Or, like, in Indiana, imagine what could happen if you sold the beer cold. Oh. They'll open it on the way home. That's right. Drinking and driving. Well, that was like when I when I was in Sydney, uh, they there was a, there was a law that you couldn't get a shot after midnight, <laughs> and they were hella strict about it. You couldn't yeah. even be like, "I want okay, fine, I'll have a I'll have a whiskey neat," and they're like, "No, you can't do that. Like you have to have it like with a mixer on ice, <laughs> like you like so we were so like how about it? Can I just have?" Can I have a whiskey on the rocks? And they're like, no. Like, you have to have it with a mixer. Like, I was like, so I had made this friend. And, and so like, after, after midnight, that's what you have to After have. midnight in gotcha. Australia. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, so no shots after midnight, which honestly is probably a good just life, like a life, <laughs> just philosophy. Like, actually, they were probably doing us a favor with that law. Definitely. I remember, so it actually worked out because I remember I, was, <laughs> me, I, was, I had met this Irish guy when we were in Sydney at this bar. And so we were talking, and we were like, let's get some Irish whiskey. But it was after midnight. And so we got, we got like Jameson and Mixed soda on the soda. rocks. <laughs> that I actually dr- sounds so gross. No, it's, it's fine. But I, but I was like, I had consumed so much beer that night. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want all this liquid. And I was just like, I looked at the guy. I'm like, I'm leaving. And he's like, yeah, I don't want this either. <laughs> You're like, my <laughs> tummy is so full. I just want the alcohol. I, I don't know, want right? any of the other stuff. I just want to be an idiot. Let me be. No, they won't let you be an idiot. They do say Australia is a, is a nappy state. They call it nappy, which is nappy is what they call diapers. So. Okay. Um, Cause I'm like, it seems like Australia would be down to party. Well, that's Just the problem is reputation. Australians are down to party. And so they're like, too much, <laughs> too much. Dial it back, guys. So they're they like, have to we need some laws. They have to force them to not party. Like, stop it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's that seems like 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 that's like that's got to be like the British influence, right? Like that's like oh yeah, totally. You know, we we've got to you know we've we've got to maintain some decorum around here. Exactly, um, but yeah, we 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 went on a credit tangent. <laughs> that was good. Uh, I don't know. Rate us, review us, five stars. We like that stuff. Yeah. Helps yeah. other people find the podcast. Subscribe, subscribe. Subscribing is even. good. Yeah, subscribe. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, um, if you want to send me money, uh, DM me. I'll send you my Venmo. Yeah, you can do uh, that. <laughs> you can also still get basketball tickets. Uh, oh yeah, if you want, you can get tickets to Incarnate Word this week. Yeah, uh, honestly, yeah. Uh, message me any of the games. Uh, this uh, coming up, even I'm not going to like, I'll probably try to sell mine to the PAC 12 games and we'll see how that goes. But um, honestly, uh, yeah, if you, if you are in Pullman and want to go to any of the next three games, shoot me a line. I have two tickets to each of them and they can be yours for a low price of $0 or listening to this, this, this far into the podcast, which may, yeah. God bless you. How, however much you value your time may be worth quite if a lot made, more than If you dollars. made it through our beer label talk, you are, you are hardcore, man. I feel like that was a hidden 
gem. That's right. Like literally. That's right. I'm trying to see if there's any like did they spell any words wrong? But no, I I think it was just the language, which is pretty wild. I love it. It's hilarious. I just random. This is like a random poll from the seller. I'm like, uh, whatever this beer is. <laughs> I bought this for some reason and then didn't drink it for almost three years. Cool. <laughs> it was pretty good, by the way. It was I pretty would, good. You know, I, would, I forgot I w- to say it was pretty good. <laughs> I'm sitting there saying, like, I would love to get to that point. Like, that would be so cool no, to you be don't. able to do that. Don't do it, Jeff. But, yeah, I was going to say, but I also am like, I, you know... I don't know actually if that would be cool or not. I do know that Sarah would never, <laughs> never be cool with that. She would just be like, uh, why do you have so much beer that you're not drinking? And I'd be like, oh, it's aging. And she'd be like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was definitely not aging this beer on inten- like intentionally. It yeah. just, it just, I forgot about it. I, and I'm, I'm terrible at that too. Like I get these beers and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to age it a little bit. And then I'm like, nah, I'm going to drink it. <laughs> so yeah, that's that. That's you know, that's kind of. I mean, I've got you know a couple of one one that you picked up for me, a dark star. I've got that. That's probably not going to make it through Christmas. So oh, it shouldn't. Uh, yeah. Um, the one Who's I got gonna go you. Go ahead and have that. The one I got you is adjunct heavy, and it is it is tasting very good right now. Oh, so good. Well, then I will. I will feel great about same. drinking yeah. that. Yeah, get so. all that maple vanilla. Yeah, and then I got the, the cinnamon coffee one. The cinnamon yeah, coffee no, drink that one, one fresh too. Yeah, That's... those ones will be those. Those will be consumed. So. And, and, uh, and if I you ever want an aged, the... if you ever want aged versions of those beers, you know where to you know where to find me. <laughs> that is true. I do know where to find those. I do yeah. know where to find those. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. All right, dude. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. <laughs>